Hey y'all, my name is Alejandra and welcome to the Dear Reader Podcast. On this episode, I talked to my friend Allison and we chatted a little bit about representation and what that was like for us growing up. And we also dive into what's been going on around the country um, about COVID-19 and the Black Lives Matter movement. And hopefully um, this just, you know, either helps validate some of the feelings that your or emotions that you're going through and hopefully it inspires you to continue to have open dialogue with people around you um your friends and your family um so yeah i hope you guys enjoy i'm doing well how are you doing (laughs) i'm doing okay Good. <laughs> Good. Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you uh, and also just have a conversation about, you know, representation and representation in general in art. So uh, my first question is how has representation or lack of impacted your life? Mm, I definitely think the lack of. Asian American representation in media has, as growing up, um, definitely, like, impacted my self-esteem, I guess, because I wasn't, like, Eurocentric beauty standards are always, like, praised, and because there was nobody I could look up to in media, I didn't, it definitely, like, put yeah, like, put a negative effect on my uh, self-esteem, and I didn't have anybody I could really look up to um, in that regard. Do you think that growing up, you felt uh, also that there was a big Asian-American community around you? Um, Definitely no. (laughs) I grew up in an area that was predominantly white, so a lot of my um, peers... Um, were white. I was the only Chinese girl in my class, like, and I was, like, one of three Chinese girls in my school, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So it definitely was, like, and there was, I think, only one other Black person in our school. Like, it was not diverse at all. So then because of that, I got bullied a lot because of, like, what I look like, which was, like, just normalized because I was a minority and I didn't know how to, um, like, react to that because, like, react to that properly because I didn't have any peers to talk to who went through that same experience in the same way that I did. Yeah, I think for me growing up, I, like, In the state of Texas, there is a large, like, Hispanic community, but in my school, at least in, like, elementary school, there wasn't a lot of Hispanics, and I was, like, the only one who really stayed there throughout, like, kindergarten to sixth grade, and, and, like, there were a couple of, like, Hispanic kids, but um, their parents, like, changed them schools, so they didn't stay there the, the whole time. And I did end up feeling that, like, my culture or, like, being Mexican was not, 
a good thing. Like I felt like it, I should be different and I should look different. So that definitely affected my self-confidence as well. Yeah, I, I can relate to that a lot. I think through up until like freshman or sophomore year of high school, is when I find or was when I like found a group of um, friends who looked like me and who also didn't look like me like a just like a more diverse group of friends which like made me feel more empowered I guess Mm -hmm. um, as an Asian American woman um, and like made me feel more like proud to be who I was I guess or who I am yeah so yeah, definitely not having that, um, like, I guess, peer-to-peer mentorship and also just, like, somebody who you can look up to who's older than you, who knows, who can tell you, oh, it's okay, like, the feelings you are having are very valid, like, not having that when you're growing up can be really difficult, but that made me, like, really appreciate it when I found my group in high school, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. When was the first time that you saw something in the media that you felt represented or like in art? Mm, I guess maybe just on TV. I think the first time maybe I was just rewatching Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, London Tipton was, I think, maybe the first, like, Asian-American woman I saw Mm -hmm. represented on television, on mainstream television, yeah. I would watch, like, some, like, Chinese cartoons when I was younger, but it wasn't, like, a mainstream thing, so it wasn't, I didn't feel very represented because it was directed towards a certain community, you know. Yeah, I think that might have been the first time. I don't think she was a very good representation. I I yeah. was just rewatching it and when I was younger I was like, Oh my gosh, like she looks like me But like when I was rewatching it now I'm like, Oh, she's kind of tokenized, like why are there chopsticks in her hair and like why yeah, like it wasn't the best representation either I think yeah yeah that that makes sense yeah how about you I was trying to think about this the other day and I think one that's like at the most that I remember the most was like I think the beginning of high school when I was watching I don't know if you ever heard of the show but it's called Young and Hungry and um I think the best friend of, like, the girl who was, like, the chef and stuff like that, her name was Sophia, and I really, uh, like, felt connected toward to her because she is Hispanic, and um, I don't know, I felt like she was more, uh, I guess, represented more of, like, the feelings that I wasn't quite sure and, like, kind of trying to make it out in the world. And at the time, and I guess I still feel that way, um, I I don't know. It felt good to see someone Mm -hmm. that um, had those same ambitions 
and looked like me. That's great. I don't remember the show very well. I'll have to rewatch it. But I remember vaguely what you were talking about. Yeah, I really liked it for some reason. Like, I remember, like, binge-watching it, like, during the summer. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, on ABC Family. And Jesse McCartney, like, guest-starred there a couple times. Yeah, it was kind of funny. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Remember, like, that show that I recommended called um, Never Have I Ever, I think that's Mm -hmm. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that one, too. I mean... Even though uh, it's not necessarily, like, representative of of my community directly, but I really liked it that they had, like, a, a family who had just immigrated to the United States and kind of, you know, their life um, coming together and, like, the problems that they were facing um, in a way trying to assimilate. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the word, but, Yeah. What did you think about that if you watched it? Yeah, I, I watched it after you recommended it to me. I really liked it, too. It was definitely, like, very cheesy at parts, but I think it was, like, mm-hmm. like a really good show that addresses um, important issues. Maybe issues isn't the right word, like, important topics, I guess. I'm not sure. It was a very good show, and... Yeah. Yeah, I definitely actually yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of like Indian American representation on any show, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'm just not thinking of it off the top of my head, but Yeah, like the first one that I can think about is like the Big Bang Theory. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like that's very like stereotypical yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Like if there are any Indian American um, shows it or people in shows I feel like it also like kind of tokenizes them and like exaggerates uh is the word caricatures no uh yeah I think so I think that could work for it <laughs> or, I understand what you mean yeah though. it just exaggerates who they are and like kind of benefits off mocking them in ways I think that are not very cool so yeah I think it's media or like the larger I guess art groups or whatever realizing that there's more than just white people in America yeah but I wanted to ask were you able to go to the um the protests on Saturday no, I was not able to. I was debating a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. But because I work with people with who are at higher risk and also sometimes people with COVID, and I also live with somebody with COVID, I don't, like, that's two exposures, and I don't want to, like, risk exposure to, like, a whole group of people and risk risk exposure to myself but that was a very difficult decision yeah I decided it would probably be best because I don't yeah I don't want to risk their health right and um what was the protest specifically for on Saturday was it 
four healthcare workers to join. Yeah. I don't remember. It was a calling for healthcare workers to stand up against like the inequalities and for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, in particular and also kinda like um calling ourselves out on our own disparities in our community. Mm-hmm. Because it's definitely um there's a lot of really cool readings about how um like especially black people of color and indigenous people of color are um suffer from the what's it sorry from the I guess healthcare disparities that we are facing in America and it's because it's rooted in racism and um just like inequalities also I don't I think we should probably clear this up for anybody listening. Can you tell them a little bit about your major and where you live so they have more context of what we're talking about? (laughs) Yes, sorry. Um, So I live in Seattle, um, and I'm a nursing major. I just finished up my junior year. Yeah. But I also actually, this quarter was really, really interesting um, and a really good learning period, I guess. It really helped. All my classes really helped. Um, guide me into like a healthier way of thinking about everything because um, like everybody else it's pretty overwhelming Mm -hmm. Um, but I took classes like my populations class directly talked about this um, and we got to just like see and analyze like the gaps in healthcare and how it disproportionately affects like people of color, especially Black and Indigenous folks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cool. And then we also got to, I had an ethics class talking about it. And my, I had a Christianity and Buddhism class that did not talk about Christianity and Buddhism a lot. It just talked about mm-hmm. coronavirus. But that was, <laughs> that was pretty like interesting too. That sounds good. Yeah, I've heard uh, different opinions or not different opinions, but like different things on like how their classes have addressed or not addressed um, COVID. Uh, And it is unfortunate for like how maybe some professors have like chosen not to recognize um, it and how it's affecting uh, people in different groups of people. But I think the class that most talked about it for me was my international politics class, but it was more related to the economy. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think, yeah, I haven't been able to go and protest, and it's something that I really want to do, but I keep worrying about, uh, I guess possibly getting the virus or if I have the virus but it's I like I don't detect like it's not detectable Mm -hmm. that's something that concerns me and but yeah like the other day that you had asked um if there's protests here in Texas there is there's a lot of um protests in Dallas occurring and um counties surrounding Dallas as well have joined in and it's really nice seeing that because even though that they're smaller um, compared to the city of Dallas, smaller, it's nice to see people 
really trying to make a point and address um, the importance of of Black lives and how there needs to be change. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's pretty inspiring seeing, like, just, like, these large groups, like, worldwide even, coming together Mm -hmm. for, like, a united cause. I think that's pretty cool because COVID definitely, I feel like, for everybody made us feel pretty like isolated um <laughs> like literally like physically but also like just mentally too or socially yeah um but seeing this seeing everybody come together has been like pretty inspiring that's a good point about i guess putting in perspective things that really matter yeah yeah I definitely, as a nursing major and, um, like, someone who's going into the nursing field, I I kind of, like, I guess, I don't know if the right word is struggled with it, but I had some, um, like, concerns when everybody was, like, um, coming together in close proximity, mm-hmm. and I struggled with, like, what I thought was right and what, like, I as a nurse thought was, like, the best decision. But ultimately, like, I think that this is something that even if we are in um, a time of a pandemic, like, like I've seen, like, so many other people say, like, racism is a pandemic too, like, and I saw that Black trans people of color were, um, it was something like that population is being like killed at the rate of mm-hmm. a pandemic. Wow. So that was really like I don't know, it was very it was very impactful to see. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think an important thing is like just keeping educated because although like I had those thoughts at first or like the thoughts that like oh I don't know if we should be doing this but educating ourselves that's like the most important part yeah that's true it's nice to see everybody um even though it I guess it may seem repetitive some or people who don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement um that there's people on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook all sharing information yeah yeah, I'm very thankful for social media right now. Like, the like the news doesn't or it it like reports on like important things, I guess. But it usually only like reflects like the like the violent parts and like the what's it called? like clickbait type things, you know. Mm-hmm. But social media like reflects like a different side of society, I guess. Like that spreads like important information like if you're going to protest be sure to do all these things here are resources places you can donate to also like have seen like my classmates especially like my nursing peers i'll see them like like on the blackout tuesday day a lot of them had not said anything about anything that was going on um and we're posting and, like, updating their stories as usual. Except for the Blackout mm-hmm. Tuesday, they posted a black square 
with either like a couple hashtags like Black Lives Matter, Blackout Tuesday, and like nothing else. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Yeah. What are you like? It was very like performative. Like so many people have called out. Um, it's a little bit discouraging. But then I saw, I was talking to one of my friends who's um, a nursing major too. Yeah, the people who mainly were doing it were, like, my white peers. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it definitely drew my attention, I guess. Um, but I was talking to one of my other um, white friend who's in my nursing program um, about it. And she said she wasn't posting, but she was donating and stuff because she didn't want to, like, be, like, a, like, have a, be conceived as being performative, I guess. So I saw another post that was like, that's okay if you're not posting um, on social media everything you're doing, but ask yourself why you're not posting. Um, Because if you're not doing it because you're afraid of being too controversial on your platform, Mm -hmm. then like you should check yourself. Because if you're doing it for that reason, that's, like, rooted in racism. And I thought that was, like, very interesting. I think the good thing is that I have experience is that, you know, my friends and family, we have had conversations about the Black Lives Matter movement. And they don't understand how little things just contribute to systematic racism and how like maybe microaggressions or certain actions that they're that's done like maybe at work or um things regarding like the police um connect to um why you know the black lives matter movement is happening Mm -hmm. and i think that they've been constructive conversations about it and I mean, there's definitely been times where people have been called out for, you know, their actions and how it's contributing to the issue. Yeah. So it's sad, but I think it's really helping at least the people around me to move forward. I really appreciate, though, like, um, how people are addressing how, like, cancel culture is, like, really unhealthy um, like, especially mm-hmm. right now, because, like, you shouldn't just cancel someone because they have different opinions than you do. You should try to, like, have a dialogue with them, like, understand their point of view and then have, like, talk about your point of view, too. Like, because sometimes people just don't understand, like, where you're coming from. And the only and the only way... um I would be able to is like if you talk to them through it but yeah those conversations are really hard I mean I've seen posts where like it's a video of like an like an ex like neo-nazi or something like that and then he was saying how like oh he you know met this one person and like they started having you know an actual conversation about their viewpoints and they realized you know that they were wrong and stuff like that but people who are still kind of blind towards it, um, like so much hate is thrown at them, which I mean, it makes sense. And I would definitely, and I have responded, like maybe not on social media, but 
verbally like have been upset about some of the things that people say but at the same time it's like surprising that they just don't know it's definitely like difficult (laughs) to control like yeah your emotions because it is something like you're really like passionate about or like I saw other posts that were like it's not about politics it's about like human rights and that I was like yes like snaps you know yeah. <laughs> so again i don't know why i'm this uh n- like talking about jesse mccartney <laughs> so much in this uh but i i follow him on instagram and he posted something like he did not realize like like the issues that were happening or like what was going on with like police brutality and it's like okay great that you know he's acknowledging it but at the same time i'm like bro where you been like how have you not seen this yeah And it's surprising how much, like, people do turn a blind eye to police brutality and, I mean, just the institution itself of how problematic it is. Yeah, people definitely, like, because, like, I'm not a black person of color, there's there's definitely a privilege of being a non-black person Mm -hmm. and having the ability to be ignorant, I guess, about police brutality because it's not like directly affecting you as much as in your community as much as it is affecting black people in their community right but yeah like having that privilege is hurtful it's not like ignorance is bliss it's like ignorance is hurtful like for certain communities even though it might not be yours I I was feeling really really overwhelmed with everything before Mm-hmm. something I think is like inspiring is that this is like 400 years in the making and it's finally happening like people are making big waves like they're saying no like this is not like we're not gonna stand for this anymore and like I think in Minnesota was it they are like defunding their police right that's, yeah that's like a big thing you know like the power of our voices and like how all four cops were are like being charged for George Floyd's murder. Like we're making we're making big moves with our voices. Like our voices are so powerful and like <laughs> we're doing it. I think that's very inspiring. That's true. I'm excited for the change yeah. that it will bring. <laughs> okay, well thank you thank for you talking for to me. me. Yes, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.